Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Praise the Lord, everyone. Happy Resurrection Sunday. I'm so excited to be sharing this day with you. We want to thank you for tuning in from all over the globe. And hello to all of our CT family members. I can't believe that we're not meeting together today, but that's okay because when Jesus rose from the dead, he united us, he made us one in the spirit. And even though we're not together, we are together because Christ is the one that binds us with his love. We're gonna take an offering today. And as we go to take this offering, can I encourage you to do it with great joy and gladness? Do it with the great faith knowing that the one who rose from the dead, he rose to bless us, he rose to take care of us, he rose to watch over us. Over the years, I remember since I first started giving to the Lord, um, there's such a blessing and a peace that comes to my life every time I give. Because when I give, it reminds me that God is the one who not only provides for me, but who takes care of me and takes care of all of those that I feel responsible for, all of my loved ones. Aren't you thankful today that he's the one who watches over your home? He's the one who fills your refrigerator. He's the one who puts gas in, in the tank of the car. He is a wonderful savior. And today as we go to give, give with great joy. Give because you have the confidence that he is risen and he is upon his throne taking care of you and I, taking care of all, all of us. He is. Jesus is Jehovah Jireh, our great provider. And so I'm gonna pray right now. And as I do, I want us to just worship the Lord and remember how good and how faithful he's been, even in these trying and difficult days. Father, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. We praise you, Lord, that even in the most difficult of seasons, you are with us. You're our caregiver, you're our protector, you are our provider. And so Lord, our hearts are at rest today and our hearts are filled with joy, Lord, because you rose from the dead in power, declaring your victory over all things, Lord. And today we give to you and we worship you, Lord, in the fullness of that great victory that you wrought for us when you went to the cross and when you, were, and when you rose from the dead. So Lord, would you bless every heart? God, would you release your peace into every home right here, right now, knowing that you will take care of us, knowing that you've been faithful to provide for us in the past and you will be faithful in the future until you come back and take us home. Bless this day. May the windows of heaven be over every household and over every heart. May the peace and joy of the Lord be released into this very moment as we worship you and as we give to you. We thank you and we praise you for your loving kindness and for your open hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen and amen. God bless you. All right, I'm so excited to be sharing 
the Word of God on Resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah, he's alive. Amen. And it's such a blessing to serve one who is alive. And over the last couple of weeks now, I've mentioned invitations, and today I'm going to bring it up again. The fact that, that the Lord invites us to so many wonderful things. You know, one of the things that um, finding ourselves in the COVID-19 crisis has done, it's, it's really reminds you of, of how grateful you are for little things. You know, there are places that we used to be able to go eat. I order Indian all the time, and, and an Indian restaurant is not open anymore. And, and like there are all of these little things that, in a sense, they've sort of been taken away. You know, we can't even get an invitation this week to Easter dinner. Um, and so we've been limited. Our lives have been limited. Our, our, our capacity to be invited actually has been significantly limited, but not with today's invitation. Today's invitation is not just unlimited, it's eternal and powerful. And I'm so excited to be talking to you about this today. You know, I have a friend, a very close friend, who um, he works with important people. Uh, and whenever I speak to him, I'll, I'll ask him, so where are you in the world today? And he gets the coolest invitations. Here's a couple of them. Um, not too long ago, he was invited to the White House and was given a tour and told me like all of these cool things about being there. Imagine being hundreds of feet away from like the situation room. Um, I, was, I thought that was so cool. I think the invitation that has made me sort of jealous was this one. He was invited to visit and actually spend the night on an aircraft carrier out in the open sea. And he got there by helicopter and someone with a lot of clout got him to come and he got to observe all of that. And, and I was like, man, you know, you, you just have such an amazing life. Today, I want to talk about an invitation that's even better than that. Today, I want to talk about an invitation that is so powerful and so personal to all of us. What is Resurrection Sunday all about? It's about this amazing invitation that we receive. Now, when you look at the scripture, whenever you read the Bible, just know there's a God side and a human side. In other words, there's what the Lord is doing, and then there's what we're doing. Today, we're going to see once again that what the Lord is doing, he's making an invitation through a couple of Three little words that are so, so powerful. We've actually been doing a campaign on this. We're going to be reading together Matthew chapter 28, just the first seven verses. So let's read this together. The Bible says, after the Sabbath, now this is, this is the third day. Jesus was crucified uh, on Friday, and now he's been in the tomb. He's been in darkness for three days. And on the third day, he made a prediction. And here's what happens. After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. These two women were there at the cross when they crucified him. 
It says, there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Few more verses. The angels said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, hallelujah. He has risen, just as he said. And then these three very powerful words, come and see. Three words that would travel through all of eternity, come and see. Three words that would invite people from that moment on and on and on to this very day. We're trapped in our homes. And you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, come and see. This is so wonderful, so powerful. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. The title of my message today is obviously come and see. And I wanna pray for you to see what God really wanted them to see and what God wants us to see. This is an invitation to come and see. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, there are people watching all over this planet. And Lord, I thank you that somehow your powerful spirit can reach across, oh God, the waters, across the plains, Lord, into the most remote places and make a powerful invitation that says, come and see. And Lord, there's a seeing with the physical eyes and then there's a seeing with the eyes of the heart. Today, I pray for both. Today, Lord, I pray that for the next few moments, you would make the world quiet. Make every home quiet. Make every heart quiet. And let there be a conversation between you and all of those that you love. God, between you so that people could hear Oh, Lord, the amazing invitation that you're trying to make to them. Bless this word now by your mighty power in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. And everyone in every home said a, a, a wonderful amen and amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the angel says, come and see. And this was an invitation to the greatest wonder in all of creation. This was an invitation to the greatest possible destination for all of eternity. This was an invitation to the greatest love in all of history, the love of Jesus. So I'm gonna take the next few moments and just break this down. First of all, when we look at this invitation to come and see, come, it was an invitation to come and see what is tangibly true. What is tangibly true. Now, tangible means that you can touch it, okay? Tangible means that you can touch it. Jesus rose to taste. Jesus rose to be touched. He physically rose from the dead. The resurrection was not mythical. The resurrection was not mystical. The resurrection was physical. There were all sorts of uh, 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 spiritual implications, but Jesus rose from the dead. He walked into the room and he said, Thomas, touch my hands. 
Here are the scars. Touch my side. They pierced me. For you, Thomas, touch my side. At a certain point after he rose from the dead, he ate with them because when Jesus rose from the dead, it was a physical resurrection with lots of spiritual implications. He walked into those rooms. Look at what, look at what Thomas Keller said about this. He said, if Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that he said. If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether or not you like his teachings. Listen to this. Here's the challenge. The issue is not whether you like his teachings, but whether or not he rose from the dead. That's the issue to every professor. That's the issue to every skeptical person. That's the issue to every human being. Did Jesus rise physically from the dead? And yes, he did rise from the dead. And that rising from the dead meant that he had the power to conquer our greatest enemy, which is death. The person, listen to what uh, Dr. Simon Greenleaf said, uh, uh, the co-founder of Harvard Law. He said, a person may reject who, I'm sorry, a person who rejects Christ may choose to say that he does not accept the resurrection. He may not choose to say that there's not enough evidence to support the resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead and any person who will take a serious look at the life of Christ, the death of Christ, and all of the information, the factual information surrounding the death of Christ will have to humble themselves and know that Jesus rose from the dead. Powerful, powerful implications. You know, we have a pastor here on staff who just got a master's degree from the University of Chicago. And one of his professors, his name is Rocky Kolb, and if you walk into the planetarium here at the University of Chicago, you'll see his face front and center. He is a premier authority on astronomy. And at the last class, so, so our pastor took, took a, an astronomy class with him. The last class, before he ends the class, here's what he said. Uh, he said, look, I don't believe this. However, any serious scientist that takes a look at the Big Bang, they have to admit that there is great room for God. It's not that cut and dry. Any serious science, scientist that looks at the amazing design, at the length and the breadth of the stars and the galaxies, at the power of order, at the uniqueness of how we have been created. He says, come on now. We may not believe it, but we cannot deny it. And brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. Jesus rose from the dead. And he's, he, not only did he rise from the dead, but he has been impacting through his incredible life. He has been impacting families, and, and, and nations and communities for generations. Our church has ex-everything. We have ex-gangbangers. We have ex-felons. We have ex-abusers, ex, uh, uh, ex-drug addicts, ex-racists, ex-everything. And you know what? Jesus, when he rose from the dead, 
He rose by his mighty power, showing us that he can take us out of our prisons, out of our graves. A lot of people, they're walking around, but they're still in a grave. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he, shows, he showed that he's able to cause us to rise to newness of life as well. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, listen, that tangible reality led to something eternal. Because when you're dealing with death, you're dealing with something eternal, okay? So come and see was not just an invitation to what's tangibly true, but to what's eternally true. When Jesus, when Jesus invited those two women into that place, the way he wants to invite someone today, he was letting them know that his victory was for all of eternity. You see, when you and I pass away, we know it's over. It's over. But when he passed away, he conquered the thing that conquers us. And then there was this incredible invitation to us to be with him forever, eternally. So I gotta read this to you. Look, an eternal possibility, because when, you, when you're invited someplace, you can say yes or no. So an eternal possibility, an eternal invitation is a forever possibility or a forever uh, invitation. In other words, here's a question I have for you. Where are you gonna spend forever? Where are you gonna spend forever? And by the way, who invited you? How are you gonna get there? Can I tell you something? Someone with a lot of clout has to invite you into forever. And Jesus had the clout because he rose from the dead in power to invite you and I into forever. One of the things that COVID has done is it has really turned our sense of, of uh, time upside down. The other day I called my friend and I said, hey, are you at work? And he said to me, it's Saturday. And you know why? It's because every day is just mashed together. One of the things that as I talk to people, we've, we've lost all sense of time. Forever is forever. And when, when Jesus rose from the dead, he did it so that we could be invited into forever. Look at what John Stott said about this. Okay, because I want to talk to you about why Jesus has the clout to invite you into forever. And I want you to take the clout that Jesus has to invite someone into forever, and I want you to put it against all other philosophies and all other religions. Okay, so look at what John Stott said. John Stott said, on the cross, divine mercy or divine love and justice were equally expressed and eternally reconciled. You know, whenever, whenever you listen to an Easter message, it should really make you think. It should make you think about the big questions of life. Where you're gonna spend forever is a big question. So listen, listen to what he's saying. He says, on the cross, divine mercy and justice were equally expressed and eternally reconciled. God's holy love was satisfied. Now let me tell you what that means. Let me put it in super plain terms. Every time you see a cross, that cross should be a reminder to you that at the cross, the love of God and the justice of God 
was satisfied by the crucifixion, by the offering of the life of Jesus. You see, when someone does something wrong, we know this. All over Chicago, they have these, they got me the other day. I know it's coming in the mail. I had not been down this street in months, and I went down this street, and I forgot. I forgot that if you're going faster than 30 miles an hour on this street, there's a camera on a pole, and they will get you. And so sure enough, they got me the other day. And I may have only been going 39 miles an hour, but they got me. I, could, I saw the flash, and they got me. And you know what? That means that I'm going to get a ticket in the mail. That's life. There are, when we break the law, we have to pay. Well, Jesus died. Jesus died. He gave his very own life so that all of our failure, all the hurt, all the pain that we caused other people. So you might be here today and you know, you know how many times I talk to someone and, and they say, you know, I don't go to church. I don't go to church because if I go to church, I think that lightning might strike, that the whole building might fall because of how bad I am. Well, it doesn't matter how bad you feel like you are. Don't you realize that Jesus offered his life because he said, I love you? He gave his life. He gave his life. He took your place and he took my place. Nobody else can say that. He took your place. He took my place. He said, yes, you deserve to be punished. Yes, you deserve to be called not guilt, uh, guilty. But I'm going to give my life so that you could be declared not guilty. I'm going to give my life so that you could be forgiven. So that someone would, would have taken your place. And today, your heart can be free. Your conscience can be free. You know why we have everything at this church? It's because people meet Jesus, and Jesus has a way to get inside of someone's heart and unburden their dark and guilty soul. Forever. He says, I will be with you forever. One of my favorite stories in the Gospels is that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, there were two thieves. Both of them deserved it. And as he hangs on this cross, one of them says to Jesus, if you're God, why don't you do something and get us out of here? Right, mocking what Jesus was doing. But another one, he could hear and see the fe and feel the love of God. He could, he could somehow, and this is what I'm praying, somehow he could hear the invitation. And so he turns to him and he says to him, he, he looks to, at, the, at the thief and says, dude, are you crazy? Chicago style. Are you crazy? We're here because we deserve it. He doesn't deserve this. He's innocent. And he turns to him and he says, will you remember me before your father? And then Jesus turns to him and he says to him, today, Yes, you're going to die. You realize we're all going to die. But he says, today you're going to be with me in paradise forever. And when you're with me forever, no one will ever mention what you did wrong. No one will ever bring it up. See, the blood of Jesus is so powerful. The sacrifice 
of Christ was so powerful that before the courtroom of heaven, once you're declared not guilty, you are not guilty. I am not guilty. Only Jesus could invite you into forever. There's no other philosophy. There's no other religion. By the way, just I, I researched this a lot of years ago, but I researched this. There's no other philosopher who walked on this earth who actually claimed knowledge and true understanding and true authority. Maybe true authority is the better word. True authority over forever. But Jesus had authority over forever. It is an eternal invitation. And I pray that you will receive it today. Come and see. Come and see that Jesus can heal your heart forever. Come and see that Jesus can come inside of your soul and remove the guilt and the shame. Come and see that there's a joy and a peace that God wants to give you. So let's walk through this. We're almost done. So this was an invitation to come and see what is tangibly true. What's tangibly true is that Jesus rose from the dead in power. Now, it was an invitation to what's eternally true. What stands in the balance, what hangs in the balance today is that Jesus is inviting you and I into a relationship with him that starts now on earth and then it goes on forever. Goes on forever. My mom is 84 years old and uh, she lives in New York. And I called her the other day and she said to me, Al, she said, uh, this, this plague that's going on in the world, doesn't the Bible talk about the fact that when, when, when God comes back, that things like this are going to happen? And I said, yes, Mom. I said, the return of Jesus is closer than ever. Jesus is coming back. And, and can I tell you something? You need to hear that. You need to hear that in the midst of struggling with making a payment and struggling with this and struggling with all of the dynamics, Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back to pour his love on those who received and started a relationship with him so that we could be with him forever, forever. It's an eternal invitation. Now I got one more thing to say to you about this. So, when Jesus invites you into this eternal bliss, this eternal reality, it's also an invitation to what's prophetically true. To what's prophetically true. Now, what do I mean by that? It means that when you accept this invitation, when you start a relationship with Jesus, you, you cease from being a spectator to a participator. Because when God starts a relationship with you, he activates a plan that was prophesied before the foundations of the earth. He activates something in your life. God, before you were even created, God had already decided how he wanted to bless you, 
how he wanted to help you, how he wanted to transform you, and how he wanted to use you. When you accept the come and see of Jesus, then you are invited into the prophetic plan of God for your life. God has an amazing plan. There's a huge difference between saying, I was there and I was part of it. You see, a lot of people are happy to say, you know, I was here, I was there. But let me tell you something, what's even better is to say, I was part of it. Those two women, they were at the cross. They watched him. And because they were at the cross, in a way, they had the privilege of also being at the tomb. They were the first witnesses. They can say, I was there. And Jesus appeared to them and Jesus spoke to them and their lives were changed forever. I was in a meeting right here in this city and it was Dr. King Day and we were commemorating Dr. Martin Luther King and a lot of people spoke, but one woman got up and she was there. She said, I marched on Selma. I was in that moment, I stood by Dr. King. And you know what? I had the privilege of making a contribution in one of the darkest times of history. I had the privilege of making a powerful contribution. And let me tell you something, God created you so that you could make a difference. God created you so that you could make a powerful contribution in your family, in your children. You might say, but I'm a deadbeat dad. Well, when you accept Jesus, you are no longer a dead beat dad. He's going to transform you by his mighty power. He's going to teach you how to say I love you. He's going to teach you how to be with your kids and how to serve people and how to love people. When you accept Jesus, when you come and see that the plan of God is released in your life, you go from being a taker and you're transformed into an amazing giver. I personally believe that a life without purpose is the saddest life. A life without, without a sense of why I'm here has to be the saddest life. No one, no one, no one on this planet has to live with a sense of purposelessness. On the contrary, you were formed in your mother's womb by the Most High God. You're precious. You, maybe you've made mistakes. Maybe you've wrecked things. Maybe you've, you've hurt people. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that even though our, our sins could be dark, 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 they will be made white as snow. And resurrection power releases you into the purpose that God has for your life. If the singers could come, there is something amazing that God wants to do in you and through you. I want to close with a quote. Listen to this. This is right off of a, an atheist. Um, an atheist tweeted this just recently. Listen, it says, Christianity. So think about all the people, right, that say they don't believe in God. Well, watch this. It says, Christianity, belief that one God created a universe 13.79 billion years ago, 93 billion light years in diameter, that's one light year, and one light year equals or approximates six trillion miles, consisting of over 200 billion galaxies, each containing an average of 200 billion stars, only to have a personal relationship with you. And you know what? Yes, that's the kind of God we serve. That's how glorious, that's how powerful, that's how wonderful he is. Let's go back to the first point. 
Wouldn't you want to know that if there was a God, he was the kind of God who would actually come down and be with you and talk to you? That's what Jesus did. There are philosophers who made a lot of claims, but once they died, they stayed in there. There are the people who claim to be prophets, but once they died, that's it. All we had to go by is their prophecies. Not with Jesus. Jesus came to the earth. I have always said this over the years. When people try to make uh, um, these kind of counterclaims to Christ, I always say the same thing. I always say to them, listen, my God showed up. How about yours? Jesus came. He walked on this earth. He lived a sinless life. And when the children were there, he didn't say, I'm the kind of king that doesn't want to be around children. He said, let the children come. Jesus walked on this earth. And when they brought a woman caught in adultery, he didn't say, get away from me, you dirty woman. He said, I protect you. I will protect you. Go and sin no more. He didn't say to the sick, well, you got to live with it. He said, rise up and walk. In fact, he even spoke into the grave and said, Lazarus, come forth and take off those grave clothes. That invitation is still today. Jesus is still calling people out of graves and saying, take off those grave clothes. I got stuff for you to do. I'm telling you right now, Monday morning, should the Lord tarry, you're going to wake up and God has stuff for you to do. God has people for you to serve, people for you to bless. There is an amazing prophetic plan of God for your life. It's actually my favorite thing about being a pastor is watching God change people. My favorite thing is to watch him take people and transform them. There's nothing like watching the miraculous power of God, the one who created all of those billions of stars, reach by his mighty power into one person's heart and life and mind and set them free and transform them for his glory. That's what he wants to do for you. If you have never experienced a relationship with Jesus, you know what he says to you? He says, come and see. He says, come. I already paid the price for you. You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be afraid. I love you. And how do you know? Just look at the cross and know the cross is the symbol of my love for you. Just know that no matter what shameful thing you've done, I've already paid the price for it. I want to forgive you. I want to cleanse you. I want to change your family. I want to change your marriage. I want to change your heart. I want to change your mind. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to be discouraged. You need to be fed. Look at the Bible. I will rain down food from heaven. I will take care of you because I love you with an eternal love. So wherever you find yourself today, this is serious business right now. This is the eternal invitation. This is a come and see. So how do, you, how do you do this? Here's what happens. In this moment while I've been talking, the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. You know when the door, when you hear that? Every time you hear that, you have a decision. Am I going to open the door? Or am I, am I going to invite someone in or not? Well, God knocks by his spirit on every heart. And he says, I love you. 
and I'm knocking. And right now, you're feeling the Spirit of God knocking. Now we've gone past human beings. We're talking about something spiritual. We're talking about the Holy Spirit knocking on the door of your heart. And as he knocks on the door of your heart, he says, if you open up the door, anyone who will open up the door, think of all the things that Jesus could say, and here's what he says. He says, anyone who opens up the door, I will come in and I will sup with him. Meaning, meaning I'll sit down and I'll have a meal with them. Meaning I will fellowship. I'll be the friend that sits closer than a brother. I will be the kind of guest that would just bring blessing and closeness and relationship. Over 30 years ago, that happened to me on a baseball field. In our church, it's incredible to hear the stories of people opening up, intellectuals opening up the door of their hearts, okay? People, uh, felons opening up the door of their heart, angry wives opening up, uh, bruised and battered women opening up the door of their heart. And let me tell you something, when Jesus comes in, everything changes. And he's making that invitation right here, right now. I want everyone in the room to close your eyes. Because obviously you, we can't travel back to Jerusalem 2,000 years so that you could see a physical tomb. But indeed, he's risen from the dead. Indeed, he's the king of eternity. And indeed, today he's saying, I want to start a relationship with you. So if you feel the Spirit of God knocking at the door of your heart and you want to open that door and let Jesus in, then just raise your hand right now. Obviously, I can't see you, but the Holy Spirit can see you because he's right there with you. There's something about acknowledging that knock by opening that door. So raise your hand right now. Don't worry who's looking. I just, in the privacy of this moment, raise your hand right now. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, come and see. Raise your hand and say, Jesus, I want to start a relationship with you. And then here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. Now, the reason why I'm doing this is because you've never done it before. But as I help you with the prayer, God is going to hear the faith of your heart. The faith that says, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you came to this earth. I believe that you died for me. And I believe that today you're giving me an invitation an invitation to what's true, to what's eternal, and to what re will reveal an amazing purpose and a beautiful life for me. So if that's you, you raise your hand, go ahead and put it down. I want everyone listening to me, everyone in the house, just repeat after me. I'm gonna lead you in this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this Resurrection Sunday. You rose from the dead 2,000 years ago, but today you rise alive in me. Thank you for coming to the earth. Thank you for being innocent as you walked every day of your life. Thank you for allowing them to crucify you. 
Because, Lord, I know that you took my place. So today, Lord, I ask for your forgiveness. Cleanse me from all the guilt and all the shame of my sin. I open up the door of my heart and I invite you in. Sit on the throne of my heart and be my king and my Lord. Be my savior and my friend. Thank you for receiving me even as I receive you. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord and congratulations. Could we just clap? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why we're clapping? Because the angels are clapping right now. The Bible says anytime one person invites Jesus into their hearts, all the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And so right now they're rejoicing over the decision that you made. You are a child of God. You belong to God. And we want to encourage you in your new relationship with God. If you just accepted Jesus, if you just invited him into your heart, there's a number on the screen and I want you to text to that number and here's why we want to help you start this amazing new relationship if, if you will send that and give us a little bit of information there'll be a, a whole series of tools that will help you start your new walk with God we are so excited it doesn't matter if you're on the other part of the world we would love to hear from you and we would love for you to actually acknowledge yes I have started a relationship with Jesus. There's something powerful about that. And then we're going to do everything that we can to serve you. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the resurrection power of God. Welcome to the new life that is found in Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's worship him. Come on, in every home, lift your hands. You turn praise into gardens. You turn bones into you. Blessed be your wonderful name. Lord, we thank you 
for every person that accepted you as Lord and Savior. We thank you for everyone that received that invitation and took advantage of that invitation. And God, we pray your blessing upon every household right now. Your blessing upon every life that has heard this, this service, oh God, that has participated today. Father, we thank you for your goodness. May the resurrection power of Jesus be released in every home right now, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We love you. We honor you. Now, Lord, may every family, may every home, regardless, Lord, perhaps some doctors are on call and they're watching. Lord, bless them with the joy of the resurrection today, oh God. Wherever we find ourselves, let the joy of the resurrection flow in every heart and in every life. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you so much and we're so excited to hear the reports of people accepting Jesus. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful resurrection day. Thank you for worshiping with us online today. If you haven't already, please follow us on all of our social media channels. And also, don't forget to worship the Lord through giving. You can go on our website to give or text Chicago Tab to 77977. We're praying for you and we love you and just know that the Lord is with you.